You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. You before and uh, many other practical things. And I think one of the great takeaways from studying es- eschatology, in, uh, in other words, the study of the end times, is how practical it gets down to be. But he closes out the letter with a, with a good reminder, and it's, it's words that if you're reading the book, especially if you're in, toward the end of the chapter, you could almost rush through. But I don't want to rush through. I just want to look at the verses and look at the emphasis here. And so we're just going to read verses 16 through 18 of chapter 3, where the Bible says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means, that, I'm sorry, the Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is the token in every epistle, so I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now, the Thessalonian church was, was strong in many ways. Uh, but they had also been tormented by persecution, false doctrine, fear, and quite frankly, sin in the church. So they had problems. And, but it's interesting because he gets down to verse 16 and the first thing he starts talking about is the Lord of peace give you peace always. The Lord be with you all. So he begins to talk about peace and So tonight we're going to be talking about the power of peace, but I think it kind of begs the question when you get there, all of this going on, especially when you look at the coming of the Lord and the Lord returning with fiery vengeance and the persecution they're going through, but yet Paul says, hey, the Lord of peace be with you. Peace be with you. Throughout this letter, Paul gave many detailed instructions, really both of these letters, but One of the things that we've got to understand is no matter how well we may learn information, this can't be, whatever we may learn about God and what we're supposed to do as Christians, we we got to understand, and by the way, it shouldn't be too hard for us to understand, that we cannot do this in our own strength. You know, it's one of the things that we we often get frustrated because, oh man, we fell and we this and we that. Well, it's like we need to learn through that, that we've got to depend on His strength and not our own. So no matter how well they comprehended what Paul says, no matter how well we may comprehend what the Bible teaches, that alone, that's awesome, but that's in and of itself is not enough. We must have the Lord's strength. And so throughout this letter, we see some things that are kind of cool that we can highlight here. It's repeated in different parts of the Bible, but right here in this short epistle of 2 Thessalonians, we see this repeated how that God will not only tell, tell us how we should believe, how we ought to live as Christians about the Lord coming, but also how that God will enable us, empower us to do that which He tells us to do, to live in this world in which He's called us to live, whatever it is that we may be dealing with. So at the very beginning of the book, It starts off in chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. It talked about the coming of Christ in judgment, bringing eternal destruction upon the wicked. But notice after that section in verse 11, the Bible says, Wherefore also we pray always for you, that God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power. 
that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our Lord and of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, what who's he point to? He repeatedly points to the Lord, his strengthening, the Lord Jesus Christ being glorified in you. How? Because God is going to count you worthy. He's going to fulfill all the good pleasure. And then after his then you get into the next section, chapter 2, he begins to talk about the day of the Lord, the rise and fall of the Antichrist. And then once again, he closes that section with another prayer. Look at verses 16 and 17 of chapter 2. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. And then you get into chapter 3, and it happens a couple times. Verses 1 through 5, he begins to ask them for God's help and strength for the, the, the work that he's called to do. And in that, he closes the section out in verse 5 of chapter 3 by saying, And the Lord direct your hearts into the, to the love of God and into the patient waiting of Christ. And remember that patience carries the idea of endurance. Now we've closed out this last section discussing the problem of those who refuse to work. Uh, we detailed the church's responsibility to uh, take action. And then for the fourth time in this epistle, the apostle expressed his, the desire of his heart in prayerful benediction to God for them that he would energize and help their spiritual maturity. And that's where we get into verses 16 through 18, these last few verses. Peace. He begins with peace. You know, this peace is a God-given enablement that is available to every child of God. It's a sad thing that not too many people live with this peace. But God wants us to live with this peace. He, will, he offers this peace. Now, there's two types of peace in reference to our relationship with God. There's one peace that is peace with God. Now, where do you think peace with God was made? At the cross. We, we, we made peace with God. So if, you're, if you know Christ as your Savior, then you have made peace with God. God is your Father. You're, you're no longer at enmity with God. You're no longer at odds with God because of your sin. You have peace with God. So everyone who is saved has peace with God. But not everyone who is saved has the peace of God. But it's offered to all of us. We ought to have it. But the power of peace. And true spiritual peace, by the way, is completely different from the superficial, fragile human peace. The peace that we're talking about is, is a deep, settled confidence that all is well. Because for a lot of people, you know, it, it, the worldly aspect of peace is, oh, I just wish I could get some peace. What do you mean? I just wish there were no more problems. I wish everything was peaceful and quiet and nothing was going wrong, right? But that's not the Bible, that's not what the Bible is talking about here. Because the fact of the matter is, folks, we live in a, a tumultuous world, a world of, a world of turmoil, a world of things not being so peaceful and... So the fact of the matter is, is if, the, if we had to depend on thing, everything being okay to have peace, 
But we wouldn't have peace very often. But peace that he gives, he get, God is a loving God who's in sovereign control of our life both for time and eternity and we rest in that peace or we can rest in that knowledge, in that peace. The calm assurance that's based on the knowledge, number one, that my sins are forgiven, but that, that, there's a, that I've got a blessed present. Right now, God's good to me. I mean, God's good is abundant even in times of trouble. We have, time, we have a tough time seeing that, but a part of peace is being able to kind of decipher and determine and say, man, things are really hard, but, but I can see how God's working, but God is strengthening me through this, but I still have some blessings in my life, things that I can rejoice in. And Jesus said it this way in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now just pause on that verse for a second. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. And what's that next word? Let. Let, let not, uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So who's in control of this thing? <laughs> That's a challenge, isn't it? Who's in control of this thing? Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled. I mean, Jesus doesn't want our heart to be troubled, but he's not just going to make our heart not be troubled. He offers us the peace. It's up to us to... Just, just trust Him by faith. How many of you have learned to do that? I mean, you, you think about it. Through, throughout your life, I'm not saying that we always nail it, but man, how about times that you have learned to trust in God during difficult situations? Or how about, how about this? How about some of the situations you've been through that you were just sure you weren't going to make it out of? And the situation was not going to get any better. Have you, have you as a child of God had these experiences that to where maybe you've got something on going, going on in your life. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, we were praying for the Welsh family, and Jennifer was mentioning how that they really haven't experienced that much loss. They haven't had too many deaths in their family. Um, and I, it's, it's, when I think about all the deaths I've had in my family, it's kind of startling in a way, really, uh, just, you know, th throughout my life. And, uh, but, but I think about the times that people around me they thought that I was, something was wrong with me because God would give me peace during these certain times. You know what I'm talking about? When people are just like, hey, it's okay to fall apart if you need to fall apart. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm good. You know, I've got peace. I mean, the Lord's with me. And God's faithful. And I think sometimes what we need to do, and listen, some of us have the benefit of having been saved now for a number of years. And how soon we forget. How soon we forget some of those times. And... I think of, I say this quite often, but I say it because it's true and it just comes to mind through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. I mean, and so I, we have, some of us have the benefit if we will just look back. It, it reminds me of one time I remember hearing a preacher say, make this statement. 
He said, he, he, he talks about going through those times and he said, he said when the devil just comes to see him and whisper in his ear, you're not going to make it this time. You're going down this time. Things aren't going to work out this time. You know, and all those things that just begin to try to torment your mind. But I remember what that preacher said. He said he just looks at the devil. You don't see the devil physically, but understand what he's saying there. And he says, you know what? You told me that last time. You told me that last time. And how many of you have heard that before? You've heard that before. You're not going to make it. This situation isn't going to do it. I mean, on and on and on. And then here we are. <laughs> how? Because of God's goodness, God's grace. Amen. I mean, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And, uh, and so he is with us. And so we can have peace. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. What are some ways that we could try to control our heart? How, what are some ways that we can try to not allow our hearts to be troubled and not allow our hearts to be afraid? Blake? Yeah. Yeah, that is the biblical formula, right? Bringing your thoughts captive to Christ. Like, not just letting your thoughts run wild. Catching your thoughts and saying, wait, 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 wait. Is this, is this thought right? What am I thinking right now? Uh, and you bring that thought. And now listen, man, I'm telling you, there's sometimes I've got a, um, a friend of mine that I've just recently, uh, I've gotten to know over the last year or so. He was, he was in, uh, he was in um, a, a pretty famous uh, siege in, I believe it was in Afghanistan. And uh, there, there was a movie made about it. Never seen the movie. It's Outpost. I believe they gave out like five medals of honor during this thing. But they're at this remote outpost, I believe, in Afghanistan, and they were being they were being raided. They were being uh, just uh, they were. I think it was the Taliban that was just uh, pouring in on them. He was there. But when you when you read about what happened there, it was just kind of wave after wave. There were kind of guys coming in the gates, and, and they they were they were taking them out, and then there was more coming in behind them. And I just say that to say that's sometimes it's an onslaught. Sometimes it's just something that's just like, bam, a stray thought, a stray uh, battle. But man, sometimes it's just over and over and over again. Uh, but what do you do? You just keep saying, nope, Lord, I I'm taking this thought captive. I'm bringing it to Christ. Does this, is this true? What I'm thinking right now, is this right? Uh, if not, then Lord, help me to think the right thing. And that's one of the reasons it's important to, you know, you hear me say it a lot. I just was mentioning it Sunday. But having, knowing the Word of God, being in the Word of God, having some verses you can claim and saying, Lord, I feel all alone right now, but I know I'm not all alone because you said that you'd never leave me nor forsake me. I feel forsaken, but I know you ain't forsaken because you said you'd never forsake me. I feel this way, but I know what truth is, Blake. Sorry, Caitlin's face. Uh, Bazinga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a great thing. Not you know, that's something that a lot of not a people a lot of people are not aware of that, that Jesus Christ God the Son intercedes for us 
on our behalf to the Father. He, he prays to the Father for us. Uh, and so there's an intercession that goes on there. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a peace in knowing that he's doing his work there. Um, so, so that's a very key way to not allow your heart. Is there anybody like to expound on that or put it in a different way maybe? Let not your heart be troubled, neither, neither, neither let it be afraid. It's not easy, is it? Because we, we face it. But I'm telling you, the, the, the point, the point that of all this tonight is the power of peace that He enables us. And it's not, oh Lord, I need to be strong enough not to be afraid. I need to be strong enough not to be fearful. No, it's like, Lord, I, I, I'm in total dependence of You. And He doesn't tell you anything that He doesn't a, in, enable you in. So uh, then, then another passage that Jesus said, John 16, 33, the Bible says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. And this is just one of those things, you know. Jesus then says, But be of good cheer. How about that? But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. These things have I spoken unto you. So he's spoken these things. He's given us his word that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. That word tribulation, by the way, it, uh, there, it, our English word for tribulation comes from the Latin word tribulum. And the Latin word was used to describe a, a threshing tool. Uh, and you know threshing, separating the wheat from the chaff or whatever the, the, the crop may be. But a tribulum would be a large log that would have spikes all around it, and they would run that log over the grain and over the, 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 the crop, and those, that, that heavy log with those spikes just crushing and grinding uh, to separate the wheat from the chaff. And that's, what the word, that's where the word tribulation comes from. So in this world, you're going to get crushed sometimes. But it's interesting, that, that's an interesting analogy because if it's separating the wheat from the chaff, God's allowing it to do a work in our lives. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What good news. But we can be of good cheer even in the midst. So, but only when we have that kind of peace. And I'm glad that we can have peace that we can rejoice in. Uh, by the way, what are some practical ways that you can, you know, Blake said a really good one, you know, capturing your thoughts and making sure your thoughts, but what are some other practical ways in your life that you can kind of keep yourself in a good space, um, spiritually speaking or emotionally speaking, mentally speaking, when it comes to the things we're going through in life? Kaylin? Amen. Memorizing verses, repeating them in her head. Doria?
Wow. Yeah, th think on these things. And so that's, for, for some of you are just natural list makers, right? Some people just, oh, let's make a list, right? Uh, but whether you're a list maker or not, that sounds like a really good tool or right now. What is it that I'm freaking out about? What is it that I'm worried about? What is it? She would write them down and then start by saying, okay, which of these can I control? Can't control this one, can't control that one, so I'm going to kind of let that go. Oh, I can control this. Here's what I can do about that. Um, uh, yeah, Deidre. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, a, a worship, a, an environment of worship, and I, I like, a, and that's really kind of what I was thinking, D. I don't. Does anybody have any? If you don't have any good go-to worship songs, man, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there's some good ones. There, there really are some good ones. I've got some, and uh, I've, I've got some just kind of even different genres, you know. But I've got some just go-tos, man that I need to listen to sometimes. And, uh, and there's times I'll just listen to them over and over because uh, it just gets my heart uh, in, a, in a really good place. And so uh, just, you know, good, some good worship music just to get that environment. Uh, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, it really bothers me seeing the Cowboys actually winning, too. So <laughs> they lose and they get talked about like they're the greatest team ever, right? And now they're winning. So yeah. So you just got. I just got to turn it off. I just got to turn it off. Control your intent. Well, I don't know if that's what he's talking about or not. But uh, anyway, was there somebody up here, Dan? Yes. Amen. Amen. The fellowship he's received from the fellowship of God's people. Uh, amen. Much more powerful than you ever thought it was, and it's so true. It's hard to, it's hard to measure that, but uh, I'll tell you this, man. The times you want to come to church the least are probably the times you ought to come the most. Have you, anybody else ever found that to be true? The times you ought to come, you want to come the least are probably the times you want to come, need to come the most, and you come and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that I came. Uh, yeah. Hop on with Brother Dan. That in, in the times when we are lacking peace, and it's like, man, I want to stay home on the couch. I'll watch. I'll watch church online. I'll watch church online tomorrow. Yeah. And um, I think we miss out on not only uh, being here under the preaching, but being here with others when there is one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's good. It's good that we got the kind of church to where you really don't have to be okay all the time. You know. Yeah. Right. In other words, you, it don't have to because it can be that can be added pressure. If you're coming to church and you're like, oh, let me get this on here. You know, I think I, I got to make everybody think I'm OK. Uh, no, you can you can come. And, and man, I, I appreciate times. And, you know, we do it. It's less funny. The things that we do sometimes is our culture or whatever. But uh, come as you are. But we, we ask people, how are you doing? Right. How are you doing? But it's, it's, it's yeah, it, you know, that's just a programmed greeting, and you're supposed to say good, right? Uh, 
But man, may God help us to, to really mean it. Hey, how are you? How's things going? You know, um, and uh, I was gonna. Uh, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm, I'm gonna do this. Uh, encourage uh, Ryan, Atreyu, and, and Blake uh, to do. Well, Blake's already uh, I know doing it. But I was thinking about. Uh, you know, I, I do a prayer list, but 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 for those that don't like, I, I know some people are just like, oh, that seems kind of robotic or kind of you know, whatever, well, then do a care list. Do a care list. What's a care list look like? That's putting down, you know, starting with, uh, you know, Chad. That's putting down Chad and Doria. And parentheses, Todd and Paul, Anita, you know, uh, and you just start, you, you put down Doria and you start, in other words, it's not just, it's, and then you find out people's kids, you know, who, who's your, I, so you just know when you're praying and they're on your mind. And that way when somebody says, hey, how, how are you doing? Well, I'll tell you, I'm having a tough week. You know, and I'm glad you can come here. And the kind of people we have here, you can come here and you can tell somebody, I'm having a tough week. I'm having a tough time. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure a guy told me him and his wife was arguing all the way to church. Uh, and I was like, well, that's why we don't ride together, you know. And so we do fine. But uh, anyway, um, uh, so, you know, it's just like you can... Uh, you, you can be honest. You can be uh, real about how you're doing. And so, absolutely. So, uh, avail yourself of these. I mean, you are not alone. We are all fighting serious, serious battles. I mean, we're all fighting battles that, uh, that are just super, super challenging uh, and, and battles of the mind. And it's good that we, and it's important that we have people that we can talk to, Blake. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That 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 it's in First Corinthians where it talks about the church being a body and that the whole body's not an eye or an ear or whatever. Where where a body's made up of many members and so we we strength we're better together and so that's a good thing. All right. So uh, the peace that he gives us. Uh, peace, peace is divine. Notice what it says there. It says, now the Lord of peace himself. See, God is a God of peace. And if you think about this, he's called the Lord of peace. In Isaiah 9, 6, Jesus is called the Prince of peace. In Ephesians 2, 14, the Bible says, Jesus is our peace. And with the work of the Holy Spirit, peace is also one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. So peace is divine. It's a divine gift from God because God is a God of peace. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll hit these next couple real quickly. The, the power of peace, but another reason we can have peace and another reason that we are enabled to do whatever God's calling us to do is uh, also the last part of verse 16. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. The Lord be with you all. And again, this isn't just a superficial, hey, you know, by a con Dios, you know, God, God be with you. This is a serious, hey, the Lord's with you all. You have his presence. You know, this isn't just a, a farewell greeting. This is a God is with you. The, the Lord will be with you. Or the Lord be with you all because he will be with us all. So God's presence enables us and strengthens us um, 
Jesus said He will never leave us nor forsake us. The Bible says He will be with us to the end of the world. And because of this, God's presence, God's peace, we are enabled to do and be all that He would have us to be. God's made every provision for us to live through Him, live in peace, live the life He's called us to be because He is with us. And so we have God's presence, we have God's peace. Man, you know, you just think about it. This is just something to stop and praise the Lord about, isn't it? We have peace, we have God's presence, but also truth. He says in verse 17, The salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is the token in every epistle, so I write. Now, if you remember some of the context of the letter of 2 Thessalonians, what would be the significance of the Apostle Paul signing this letter with his own hand, writing these last few statements with his own hand? Anybody remember? He did have trouble with his eyes, so it's significant that he would write. But what, would be, what else would be significant about Paul actually saying, putting his name on there, Trey? Yep, because he said there's an implication. There were counterfeit letters coming in saying, hey, you're in the tribulation period, apparently. That seems to be one of the things they said. Think, in other words, there was false doctrine that was going on. So truth. He's deeply concerned about God's truth. And so when we think about that, just as, the God, just as God is the God of peace and strength and presence, He's also the God of truth. He's des- Jesus is described as being full of grace and truth. The church is to be the pillar and the ground of truth. And so if the church is going to do that, then we must learn to distinguish between truth and error. So for Paul to say, I've written this with my own, I've put my signature on here, so you know this is from me, it is vital. We, we, if, if we don't have the truth of God's Word, we can't have peace. We can't have peace if it's just to for people to figure out things for themselves or to introduce whatever doctrine is the doctrine of the month, so to speak. We've got the truth of God's Word. We've got the authenticity of the revelation of God. And then lastly, this peace, while we have peace, we have peace, we have presence, we have truth, and then His grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. God's grace, of course, is His undeserved undeserved favor granted to those who in no way deserve it. We know that grace is essential for salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. Uh, for by, and not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. So it's not by works. Salvation is by grace through faith. But He's not talking to people right here who need Christ as Savior. He's talking to people who already know Christ as Savior. And He's saying, God, you still need God's grace. His grace is vital for us, to, uh, for, for us to endure that which we face. His grace is vital for service, growth, and forgiving. If we depend on the grace of God, we can do His will by the glory of God. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for thee. So I think one of the great things to emphasize here in regards to peace gets down to one of the practical things that really makes it challenging in the Christian life. And as I mentioned, I mentioned it on Sunday, but it was so awesome because I was visiting with a fellow on uh, Saturday that, that comes to church and 
And, and he just basically made the statement. He's like, man, he said, it seems like sometimes what you're saying seems kind of contradictory. And he, and he wasn't saying it like in a criticism. He just was trying to understand why is it like so? Why, why do you say that it's all of God? Now get out there and do something, right? <laughs> you know, we need to do this. It's all of God. Because really, if you think about it, that's the message of the New Testament. I mean, that probably not, I didn't say that very well. But, but, but well, I got this paragraph, and I'll give it to you, and we'll wrap up here. There's a wonderful mystery to living the Christian life to the glory of God. To do so requires all the understanding, obedience, commitment, dedication, and effort that the redeemed can give. But all of that would be futile if it were not for the peace, strength, truth, and grace that only God can supply. So in other words, we're committed, but ultimately we just understand that it's God who does the work. Here's the, the Paul said in another place like this, Colossians 1.29, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to His working, which worketh in me mightily. So think about that for a second again. Wherefore I also labor. And that word means to work to the brink of exhaustion. I labor, striving, according to His working, which worketh mightily in me, or worketh in me mightily. So it's not my strength, but it's me saying, Lord, here am I. It's us putting forth the effort, but trusting and knowing. It's going out to battle, knowing that He's the one that's going with us to battle. It's the one that, knowing that He's the one that's going to give victory. You know, maybe you think about a soldier that's bravely charging against the enemy, charging enemy lines. They're not going, they're not charging enemy lines because they think that they can take the entire army they're going against. They're doing it because they've got, uh, they've got an army behind them. And folks, God is, uh, God's greater than any army. And as we do His will, we know He's going with us. Ralph mentioned this verse, I think it was right after we had this discussion, but Philippians 2 verses 12 and 13. Uh, kind of interesting. Some people try to use this verse to teach something that the Bible doesn't teach, but here's what it says. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There was a time when I was... Uh, I had people telling me that you could lose your salvation. And I remember during that time, man, I was struggling and confused and... And one time I'd, I'd see verses and understand that you couldn't, but then they'd take a verse out of context, and, to, and, then, and basically that you had to work to stay saved, which is just absolutely, I mean, heretical. I mean, the Bible says it's a cur that's an accursed doctrine. But I remember reading this verse, work out your own salvation, because I'm thinking about work out the way we think about working, you know, working out something. Work out your own salvation with fear and truth, and my heart just dropped. <gasps> what? And I've had people come to me, do you see that verse right there? And I'm like, I sure do. Do you see the next verse? For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Work it out. Work what out? What God has already worked in. Work what out? What God's working in your heart as you learn, as you grow. Work it out. I mean, go to work. Do something for God. And, but it's not you that's doing it. 
He is the one who is giving the supply. He is the one who is filling us, and it's just up to us to uh, uh, do that. So, peace. Peace, the power of peace. So like Joshua, may God help us to fall at the feet of the captain of the host of the Lord, and he will enable us to win the victory and fulfill his purposes for us. And so with that being uh, the end of the passage, the end of the Thessalonians, I appreciate y'all's patience in that. And we'll be dismissed in just a moment. Before we do, let's, let's stand and have a word of prayer. But I just want to say tonight that Tonight we're talking about having the peace of God, but I, I just want to take a moment. I don't want to just assume that everyone here has peace with God. I don't want to assume that everyone here has received the wonderful, wonderful gift of salvation. And if you have not yet done that, I want to tell you tonight that you can do that tonight. Jesus went to the cross so that you could truly know Him and have peace. Not just try to have religion, not, not be trying to do the best you can, you know, I remember as a teenager, I was hoping that God would accept me. I was hoping I was good enough. I was hoping that God would, that my good would outweigh my bad. I really wanted to be able to go to heaven. I really wanted God to be okay with me. And, but I, I just didn't know how to go about it, you know. And I would pray and I would do my best. But I'm so glad, but I didn't have peace. But I'm so glad for the day when I finally realized why Jesus went to the cross, why he died, why he rose again. He did it for me. Because my sin kept me separate from Him. He died for me. He did all that was necessary in order for me to be saved. And I'm so glad for that night when I was 16 years old when I received that gift of salvation. I believed up here all my life, but that night I put my faith. I believed from my heart and I invited Jesus. I believed on Him, basically inviting Him into my heart and my life to be my Savior. And if you haven't done that, I'd invite you to do that. And so let's pray. Uh, we'll, we'll pray a prayer, and then we'll have a prayer of dismissal as well. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you went to the cross. And I pray if there's anyone here tonight that needs to receive that gift, that you help them to do so right now, just by simply praying that prayer of faith. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross. I thank you for dying for my sins. I thank you for rising again the third day. And Lord, I just right now want to express my belief in you being the only way. And Lord, I receive you into my heart and my life to be my Savior. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'll help each of us as we depart. Help us to truly go in peace. Help us to truly depart and God be with us, Lord, because you are. And help us to live in peace. Help us to be agents of peace within the church. And help us to be agents of peace as we try to introduce people to the Prince of Peace. And uh, so we pray you'll bless in that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Ryan, you look sharp tonight, man. Look at that guy.